Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 255 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Thank you very much for tuning in. I know I always say this, but uh, and it's true. Uh, I know there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of podcasts to listen to out there. And the fact that you chose to listen to this one, I greatly appreciate it. Um... Yeah, guys, kind of a sun, Saturday afternoon, just kind of hanging out. Um, figured I'd hit the old record button. Um, this one's going to be, this episode's kind of going to be broken up in terms of recording um, because I have talked to Steve today uh, on text and uh, he will not be available until tonight, hopefully. And um, Steve, for those that don't know, goes by when Probert was king on, on online. That's his website. Definitely check out that website. He is also the the, the gentleman who um, he's a longtime fight fan. Bounced around the boards. Uh, uh, is it Sherm? I always forget. It's Sherm. I think Sherm won. Uh, longtime message board users will know who I'm talking about. He's been on this show before a bunch of times. I love having Steve on. Uh, just a, a fight encyclopedia. But not only that, but a very passionate hockey fan. And when Drop Your Gloves went down, we all sat and bitched, as we still do to this day. And Steve took it upon himself to start a GoFundMe and, uh, and bring the website back. And he wanted to raise 10 grand, which he did. Um, and a lot of it was his own money and, uh, and him and, uh, and, a, and, and the computer guy. And, and that's that's the thing. And Steve isn't a computer guy. He's not a tech guy. It's not like, oh, I'll whip this site up myself. Like, he doesn't know. Uh, so he went and uh, hired a guy. And they have been hard at it for the last year here. And uh, and it is just about getting ready to launch. Old Drop Your Gloves 2.0. It is going to be called The Fight Chronicles. And uh, I've had him on the show talking about it before. 
Um, and I'm going to have them on again today and we're going to talk about just where they're at. And, uh, and I, and I always, uh, tell people with the, with the new site when it comes out, don't think you're going to log on and it's going to be like, Oh, drop the gloves, never left. It's the exact same. Like there was over 15 years of, uh, data entry and information that was put into that site that site didn't always look like that so this is going to be obviously the beginning steps of the of the uh of the site of the new site and um we he's going to figure out how to get and he's got people to help that to enter fight cards and, and upload fights and all that type of thing i know he just added a message board to it so, cause I know he was a big message board guy and was one of the very vocal people when hockeyfights.com removed their message board. Steve was very much against that, as was I, as was all the old school guys. And, uh, and he wanted to recreate that again. I mean, I know there's Facebook groups and everything else and they're fine. Uh, but there's something about a fight site message board that's different. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. But anyway, I'm going to get Steve on to just talk about where the site is at in terms of release date to the public, what to expect, that type of thing. Um, and I was hoping to uh, have him on earlier, but uh, yeah, just time, time, time schedule didn't work out. So I'm going to record the intro and do my little sh- uh, spiel here about uh, what I have to talk about. And then uh, hopefully I can edit in Steve later. Uh, tonight when I get him on the phone, it's not going to be, it's not like we're going to, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know I can get going and him and I can get going like old ladies in a knitting circle, but I want to say my goal is, <coughs> pardon me, still battling a little something here, but, um, uh, I'm going to have him on for about 20 minutes or so, or as long as it takes, I guess, to discuss, I guess there's no time limit, but. Um, to discuss the, where, where we're at with the, with the fight site and that type of thing. So I wanted to update you guys because I know I do have some listeners that, um, donated money, uh, to the cause. And, uh, oh, don't worry. Steve didn't run off to, uh, to Dubai with it or anything like that. Uh, no, it all went into the site. I have talked to him a bunch of times about the site and he has put periodic things up on Facebook about, uh, progressive progression where the site is with brian i believe brian's the name of the technician that's doing it um and where they're at he's asked people for um ideas and that type of thing so he has been very transparent with what's going on um if you're on facebook so um but i'm going to have him on and we're going to talk about that um if not i guess you will not hear like i said i'm doing this at three o'clock i'm going to talk to steve probably about seven or eight tonight and i will add it on to the end of this show um, so, uh, if it's not on at the end of the show, well, clearly I didn't talk to him. So, um, you know, but, uh, anyway, let's, let's get into this. Um, regardless if I don't talk to him or not, I do have a show today. Um, a few, not a lot of topics cause, uh, there's one big talking point happening. Um, well, I'll do this for obviously, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you on the network. Um, and then, of course, for my off-network friends, of course, I got Joe over there at the uh, uh, Nordiques Knuckles podcast. Uh, we're still waiting for episode two. I know he's interviewing a few cats. And uh, once those are up, those interviews are done, he will have a new episode out. Uh, and basically it is a, is a Quebec Nordique, uh, centered podcast. So he's going to interview former Nord players. Um, of course I had Joe on a few weeks back 
discussing this podcast of what his goals were for it. And then, of course, his feelings on the five toughest Nordique players of all time. So definitely I encourage you to check that out. Also, uh, just in general, like I said, this is episode 255. So I always say I encourage anybody to go back and check out the back catalog. Plenty of stuff back there to uh, to keep you entertained. Uh, also, old Alec. Finally did an episode. Unfortunately, it was, uh, you know, we had to get him fired up to do it. And, uh, and, and he was fired up, folks. And, uh, I have been there. I have battled with the YouTubes and I battled with leagues and, uh, I felt bad for him. And, uh, you know, we'll see going forward what happens. But, uh, Alec has just released, uh, another, an episode. And, uh, basically it surrounds his, uh, uh, his YouTube fight, the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Which, uh, you know, has obviously different things on it, but mainly a lot of East Coast Hockey League fights from last year. And, uh, and he put any, of course, the season has started, so he is putting up some fights from this year, from early on in the season. And one of them was the incident with Robidoux, like that I, I had talked about last episode where he swung his stick at the fan and blah, blah, blah. Well, Alec, of course, had that clip up on his channel and was, got a cease and assist letter from the East Coast Hockey League telling him to take it down, and they put a copyright strike on it, and then he asked him, blah, 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 and then they came back and basically told him to remove all of his fight videos, which is about probably 400 at this point, or he will get copyright strikes, and after three copyright strikes, YouTube will shut your channel down. So um, he basically was in a dilemma about, um, you know, do I continue to do this, or, or just keep going and see if they shut me down, or... Or what? So I think, uh, you know, I will leave that up to him to what he is doing and to go listen to his episode. But it was just more of, uh, just letting people know what's going on and a frustration on his part. Um, due to the fact that, I mean, his channel is not monetized or anything like that. He is not spending any money or he is not, all he is doing is spending money. He is not making any money on the channel. And, uh, it was basically just like, what's the East Coast Hockey League doing? Cause they're the only league in the world that has any issue with fight clips. The NHL's, of all leagues, the NHL's not saying anything to anyone, they're the age, no one, just the East Coast League. And they have for years, for whatever reason, and uh, I don't know what their deal is. I've had them put copyright strikes on some of my East Coast League stuff, um, and, and that's shit from the 90s, you know. Um, so, I don't know what their deal is, and uh, whatever. And Alec has, I fully support him in that, and uh, and I, you know... Uh, like he said, uh, it's done nothing but promote your league. Now I know these leagues want to, oh, it's, no, we're here for the speed and skill and whatever. Yeah, you're a double A minor league team. Yeah, like no one goes to an East Coast League hockey game to see a fight, really. You know, um, I, I, whatever. I mean, I guess it's just this agenda and political grandstanding, like we're not going to embrace fighting or whatever. And, you know, we try to, we know what happens, but we'll try to cover our eyes and we won't promote it and whatever. But, uh, like I, I've said on a number of occasions, I don't watch hockey. I can give two shits about hockey. But Alex's enthusiasm for it and his videos have got me to pay it, at least pay attention. Now, obviously, I, I, I'm not in the vicinity to go to any East Coast Hockey League games. Um, but I will say this. If I was down visiting Alec or, uh, mud show there in Iowa and stuff like that between the Southern Pro League and all that. Um, and if I was down there and they, hey, do you want to go to a game? Yeah, all right, I'd go. Because there's chances of fights. It's 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 a lot more, 
Now, again, there's a lot of snoozers, much like the Federal League game that I tuned into at the start of the year. Um, and hockey is nothing, obviously, like it is it used to be. But I would go to an East Coast Hockey League game with Alec when he was in Florida and stuff. Now, if we were in an NHL, well, I've been in NHL cities. I've been to Edmonton and Calgary countless times. And I had opportunities to go to a Flames game or an Oilers game. And I was just like, fuck, are you serious? Like, no. I, I couldn't imagine being that bored for two and a half hours. I don't give a shit if the tickets were free. I wouldn't go. No. I'm not going to waste my time. This is boring as shit. So, like, yeah, I would say, give those tickets to somebody that would appreciate them. Because I don't give a shit. So, uh, yeah, I'd much, I, at that point, at the time in Calgary, it was like, I'd rather much hang out with my brother in the basement and drink beers and, and whatever. And, uh, that sit in the saddle dome and drink $18 beers and watch a 2-1 love fest. Like, and then sit in parking for how long and another hour drive home. And like, no, like I couldn't imagine anything more ridiculous. So, but anyway, that's just me. Uh, as I go off on my aside here, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's Alex's latest episode. And, uh, he just talks about his ongoing battle with the East Coast Hockey League and, uh, and that type of thing. But, uh, all right. What are we going to talk about today with our show? Well, okay. I guess I should end. If you're, if you're on YouTube, uh, go to his channel. Five for Fighting, uh, subscribe to it. I guess watch while you can. Um, I honestly actually don't think it'll be going anywhere, but who knows. But uh, yeah, definitely hit subscribe anyway, and just because uh, Alice is going to keep going, I believe. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll call their bluff. We'll see if they do it or not. Cut with the copyrights. But uh, while you're there, also check out the Fourth Line Voice. Check out my my YouTube channel. I have over twenty five hundred fights on there as well. Hit the subscribe button. Um, I have not been, well, there's 2,500 fights, so you'll have plenty to watch and, you know, you, you, I'm pretty sure you won't see everything on there. Um, but, uh, uh, it, I've, I've said this a couple times now. YouTube is something I definitely want to get more active on. I've been very stagnant on that channel for the last couple, well, basically over the summer, I didn't really add anything to it. Um, so. And once again, they pulled my monetization. I have my little ongoing feud with YouTube right now as well that uh, I keep saying I have to get Isha involved in that. I got to do that. Um, you know, we, I try to get back to, mon- to get monetized and I have a few video ideas that I'd like to do. And I think as the fall and winter comes and my work schedule slows down, I have some projects that I've been talking about with people to do. Uh, YouTube wise and, uh, and it's something going forward that I would like to do at least try out and see how, um, you know, see if there's any interest in them. Like I, I, I laugh and joke with my drunk, my drunk hockey card things and stuff like that with my tweets that have been very, uh, have come back with a lot of feedback over the years and guys seem to enjoy the, the little drunk hockey card. You know, you come up with a minor league card or a junior card or whatever and, uh, uh, I kind of want to do videos like that, just little short four or five minute videos of of different uh, different cards and, and give like a brief explanation, a fun fact or something, and uh, and and I mean and just different cards like that, just something little something fun to try, and uh, and and I've, I got a, a few things that I want to do. I have to. I'm in the midst of learning an editing video editing program as well. So and I'm I'm certainly not Steve Jobs over here. So it's taken me a while to figure it out, but. Uh, once I get the video thing down and, uh, yeah, there's going to be some compilations come out and, uh, kind of some maybe myth and reality videos, um, and stuff like that. So, 
But yeah, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. I got things coming. And of course, I will continue to upload fights. I'm not getting away from that. But And and that's the thing with my YouTube channel. Um, and that's what my biggest complaint with YouTube is. Is basically they took away my monetization because it was like, oh, it's uh, copied content or... You know, because I have like Probert fights on there that other channels have. It's like, well, I've never taken a video clip from any other YouTube channel. I know other YouTube channels have taken other YouTube channels footage and put it on theirs. Um, I haven't. I've never done that. Like I said, I have 500, 600 DVDs behind me. All my stuff is from DVDs. So that I own. And, um, but that's their big issue, um, which is ridiculous, but okay. Like if I if I typed in Muhammad Ali, well, how many fights, how many videos of Ali uh, Foreman are there? The Thrill of Manila, how many of those? I mean, there's 20, 30, 40 videos out there. Are they all getting their monetized? Because oh, duplicate copy, like duplicate footage and stuff. It's just ridiculous. It's like a hockey fight. I mean, yeah, I know there's like 14 versions of Probert and Cox out there, but whatever. That's their issue. Um, but the one thing on my channel that I always prided myself on with my YouTube channel is the this many many of the fights that I uploaded. I uh, that's the only version that's on YouTube because I tried to take kind of obscure Junior A fights or Western Hockey League fights that aren't out there and, and stuff like that. And that's what I uploaded. That's what my channel was basically based on was fights that were not on YouTube. When because when I started my YouTube channel, the old Drop Your Glove site was still up. And, you know, when you would go to a player's fight card, you'd scroll down and they'd have the little camera beside it. So there was a video clip attached to it. Well, I would scroll a guy's fight card and see if there was no video up yet for that. And if there wasn't and I happened to have it, well, then I would upload it. So it would go on Drop Your Gloves. So, yeah, I had I was putting up unique fights to YouTube. So that's why when I got that strike against me from YouTube and they took away my monetization, it was very annoying because it was like... Yeah, like, obviously some of the NHL stuff is the same as other channels, but, I mean, you know, the majority of my channel is unique stuff, so, but, I mean, obviously, and that's the problem with YouTube, when you, when you go to reply to their, their, not threats, but, like, we're pulling your monetization, so you type back your explanation, it's like, it's like, you're not, you can't phone anyone and talk to a human and explain your story, like, everything's just automated, right, you're just dealing with computers, and it's just like, oh, God, but, Anyway, that explanation was way too long for what I was talking about. But uh, go to YouTube, Fourth Line Voice, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, actually, I just put out the thing, Minor League Mayhem 6 is coming out, where it's my 64-man bracket, and it's going to be the, all the Minor League legends. I always enjoy the Minor... Actually, I always say them... It's much like the Bob Probert tournament, the Minor League one. Um, I always say the Minor League one's, one's actually probably my favorite tournament. Um, but yeah, and I think... We'll see... I think that one will be on Facebook this year, um, but we'll see. I gotta figure out the voting thing. Uh, it might be the it might be done in the Enforcer Appreciation Group, which I think at the same time will probably that'll help maybe gain some followers too, so gain some more members if I put it in there. But I gotta see how the voting polls go. If not, it'll be on Twitter. They've all been on Twitter before. I've never done one on Facebook because I don't like the voting polls on Facebook. But I think at the end of the day, I think the if the tournament was done on Facebook, I think it would get more votes. And I think, uh, so I think I might do that. But we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Next couple of weeks. I'm going to obviously do a preview show for the tournament and all that stuff like we do, right? So, um, but yes, so that's coming up. 
But, alright, let's get into this. What are we going to talk about today? Well, the, the few things I'm going to talk about. Of course, it has hit the fan, folks. It has happened. Uh, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, and we're talking Junior A, so it's the Saskatchewan, Junior Alberta, Manitoba, the Ontario Leagues, uh, the Junior A Leagues. Again, when I say Junior A, I am not talking Major Junior, which is the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, and the Quebec Junior League. That's Major Junior. It's the one below that, Junior A. Uh, most of, like, a lot of the guys go that league to go to college and college, get scholarships, that type of thing. Um, but there's been many a tough dude come out of the Junior A ranks. Um, uh, as of the ruling came out the other day, as of December 15th, all Junior A players must wear full cage. They all wear half visors now, uh, much like Major Junior, uh, and they are going to full cages come December 15th. And, uh, just like college. So, and of course, this has hit the fan. Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to talk about that. And then, of course, I have, actually, I have the, uh, back in the day in the Western Hockey League, they used to do a best in the West Pole. And, um, where they would hand out ballots to the players and coaches. And they would vote on like best player, best face-off, best body checker. But one of the categories was best fighter. I have done numerous ones of these over the years on this channel. Um, well, I have uh, found uh, as somebody had they, they did the best in the West. Well, I found the best in the East. And I've done a few of those. And... Uh, I don't, I cannot remember if I have done this year or not. Um, I don't think I have because I found this in a different folder. So I, that, and I, I didn't know it was in there. So I don't think I have done this, but I'm going to do the best in the East for 2002, 2003 in the Western Hockey League. And we'll go over the best fighters and there'll be some names in there that you know. So, um, I am going to do that because I always enjoy these. Plus they were voted on by the players. So it doesn't get any more legit than that. And, uh, and finally the player spotlight, which has been met. I have done these a few now here. Um, I did them sporadically in the past, but then the last couple episodes, I've done them, and uh, the feedback has been very positive. Oh, I like those. You should keep doing those. So I am. And today's player spotlight uh, will be none other than the cruise missile himself, Paul Cruz, and uh, who I am a big fan of, and uh, we'll be talking about him. And then, like I said, if I can get Steve on the phone later tonight before I have to upload, because obviously this is coming out Sunday morning, um, so before I go to bed Saturday night, if I haven't talked to Steve, the, you know, the, obviously the, the, uh, the player spotlight will be the final thing. If I do talk to Steve, well, I will have him on at the end of the show. So, um, yeah, so we'll see kind of in a waiting period right now, but, um, yes, well, like I said, let, let's get into this. Um, of course it was a major, <laughs> I was told I had I got a text message uh, from a player telling me that this rule was coming in. I had not heard about it on social media. No one has told told me anything or uh, but I uh, as I said I got a text message from a player, um, and then actually the same day I got a private message from a coach that uh, from uh, well I won't say what he's in a junior A league. And then and I confirmed it with another coach in a junior A league that yes, and come December. Uh, you know, they are putting in a mandatory cage rule. 
Um, so of course I went to so- my social media and posted it. And I, and I, it, it struck me funny just the, but I guess on now, as I'm saying that, I guess I understand it because there is, there, there's so much bullshit posted on social media and everything else. And, uh, I mean, let's not even get into politics or world events or all that or shit, but just in, just, we'll just stick to hockey. There is a ton of bullshit posted about hockey and, and everything else. So I get it. At the same time, I, you know, I was kind of like, I guess you always sort of think maybe, and I guess arrogantly that not like what I say goes. I don't mean it that way, but I would like to think I, I don't remember posting any bullshit or rumors or anything over the years on my social media. When I post something, it's like the truth and it's, news that I've gotten from people that have said, yeah, let it out. Like I've, I've, whatever I, I, I off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I've had a few things like a player signing and stuff because the guy's actually gotten a hold of me and said like, Oh, I signed with this team. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask him, can I put it on social media? Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I would put it out there before the teams did or anything like that. Um, now again, I'm not, Oh, I'm Mr. Insider. No, it just happened to be people that I've conversed with player. Either they've been on my show or, you know, or what have you. I've obviously got to um, become friendly with some players and hockey personnel over the years due to social media and that type of thing. So, or if it's an older retired player, maybe their kid is playing junior now. And of course they're around the rink and they hear things. So they'll send me, Oh, Hey Darren, you won't believe this bullshit. But I heard was talking to the coach today and, this is what's going on. And I, again, I don't want, cause I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I'll be like, do you think I can post that on my, I won't say who told me, but got to keep your sources confidential, right? But it's like, can I pull, oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. Or sometimes I've been told, no, maybe not. I'm like, and I don't. Um, you know, so of course when I got this information, I went and put it on social media. Well, the replies I get, some of them are honest bullshit, whatever. Then other guys is like, yeah, that's not true. It's like, okay, I, I guess not. And then I included an actual, like later that, I had tweeted the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League's commissioner, who's pretty active on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, is this true? And he replied, yeah, like as of December, whatever. So I added that screenshot of his tweet um, to my Facebook posts about it. It's like, and they're like, yeah, no, that's not true. I'm like, oh yeah, because the SJHL commissioner's lying? Like, <sighs> okay, I, I guess so. But anyway, so that was a little eye rolling but it's like okay I guess I, guess I don't have the credit the, yeah no one's giving me the credit that I thought I had on here but okay uh which is fine whatever but it's like yeah but it's amazing the other bullshit you'll believe but anyway that's for another story but um yeah anyway it's true and uh yeah so you know so for everybody out there that's always oh fighting's coming back oh, yeah sure it is um, because not only is it a full cage and it's been interesting as I posted it, um, the feedback that I've gotten, of course, on Twitter, there's always the trolls and I just actually had one before I hit record and he's yammering. Oh yeah. Because losing your teeth and breaking your face is always fun. It's just like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like just clutch those pearls harder. Um, and the feedback, I, oh, of course, the guy that runs collegehockey.com has, he's got to flap his lips and whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's the dirtiest. College hockey's the dirtiest hockey in the world. He's just like, yeah, okay, bud. 
well, yeah, I mean, that's just what the players say, but I mean, what the fuck would they know, right? Um, but, you know, the guy who runs the website, he knows for sure, you know. Um, now, my point being as, okay, not only are they wearing cages, but this is pretty much going to put the end to fighting. Not that there was a lot of fighting in junior A hockey anyway, because they had fight limits of like three. Some leagues had three, others were like five. So it wasn't like these guys were fighting really anyway. But... Um, in the rules and this, in these rules that I'm reading, um, you know, were obviously from last or from two years ago, um, removal of helmet or opponent's helmet in a challenge or a fight is a one game minimum suspension. Um, so, and that was when it was half visors. So you couldn't take your helmets off to fight. Or take an opponent's helmet off to fight. So yeah, you just have to keep punching the helmet. Don't take it off. So, okay. So that was when they were wearing half visors. Well, so now when you're wearing a full cage or a bubble, how are you going to fight without removing it? Or taking off your opponents? Riddle me that one. Exactly. So fighting's over in junior A hockey. So there you have it, folks. How are they going to get rid of fighting? Well, there you go. So so please stop telling me that fighting is making a comeback. Um, now, uh, this, as I said at the start, th- this has been an initiative um, that has been talked about for a bunch of years now. So, I mean, when I heard that, what? Like, I wasn't surprised. I was just like, oh, finally. Um, because like I said, I have junior, I have friends that coach in leagues, stuff like that. So I would hear they're in the league meetings and it's talked about. And for the longest time they were able to vote and they would always vote against it. Um, finally hockey Canada has basically put the hammer down on them. Um, I'm sure there's probably saying, Oh, if you don't, we'll do this with funding and all that. Plus insurance, I'm sure has gotten insurance companies have gotten involved. And, uh, yeah, basically there you go. And, um, so, you know, if you extort them enough, you can get your way. So as politics goes and, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll, and, and the number of, of course, the people that were basically arguing with me about it online, um, their, their big response to me, of course, was always, um, well, and it, and it was always like, well, insurance, well, I know genius about insurance um and and i think a lot of uh a lot of these people uh they i mean i get it uh like like this guy's response uh most likely save teams large sums on insurance I trust it's a budgetary decision as well as the goal of a junior A as a developmental step to get these kids to the NCAA CIS where cages are mandatory. Cages are not mandatory in university, Canadian university hockey, by the way, buddy. Um, half visors are better for player recognition, but we don't pay the bills. Um, I, I, I get what they're saying in terms of it's a, it's a scholarship league. Um, cause that's the other thing for people that, that don't know if you play, major junior hockey for a few games and then, you know, whatever you get caught or you go down to junior A, you lose your NCAA eligibility um, or division one eligibility. So that's why before you ever play a Western hockey league game for these 15, 16, 16 year olds, 
Um, they have to make a decision on what they're going to do. Now, now a lot has changed over the years. Um, if you're, you can get drafted in the NHL, like Carl, uh, McCarr there, uh, from Colorado. I mean, he played in the Alberta Junior League and he went first round and whatever. I mean, it's a lot more exposure these days if you play Junior A. Um, my advice, if I had a, a child that was, you know, a uh, very good hockey player, um, it's one thing when you're a phenom or whatever, like, you know, obviously major junior is probably the exposure that you want to go to because that is always the way to go. Um, but most, obviously most kids aren't like that. And in today's world with education being such a premium and so expensive, um, if your kid had any sort of, uh, uh, I, I would probably, if I was a good player, I would go the junior A route so I could get my school paid for. Um, although at the same time, for every if you go and play major junior hockey, uh, for every year that you play major junior, you get a year of university paid for. Um, so there's that route as well. Um, so really, either way, if you're good enough, you're you're going to be getting school paid for regardless. Um, I guess like anything though, it's um, the difference being in major junior. Obviously, not everyone gets drafted. But there's still, you know, 20, get 21, 22 guys on a team. It doesn't matter. They're going to get their schooling paid for if they stay for, uh, you know, three, four years. They get their school paid for. Where if you go play junior A, it's not like every guy playing in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League gets college scholarship. I mean, there's a few, there might be a guy or two per team that gets a scholarship. Um, but you can just kind of be a solid, non-flashy, decent player but you're not going to get a college scholarship. And, you know, so it, there, it's, they, they all talk like, oh, well, yeah, if you play junior A, you get a scholarship. Well, it says who? It's not like they just, they're handing them out like candy. I mean, you obviously have to be a, a, a very good star player in, in that junior league to get a scholarship. It's not like, oh, I played in the SJ, so I'll get one. You know, yeah, I mean, you score 30 goals in the SJHL. Yeah, you're a solid player, but are you getting a college scholarship? You know, probably not. You know, so again, there's a number of decisions to be made. Um, but I understand junior A route is viewed as kind of a college route. So that is their, some of these people's thinking in terms of, well, we'll put a cage on them now and they can get ready for college. Okay, I get that line of thinking. Um, I guess my, well, I always said my issue, I don't have an issue with any, I don't give a fuck actually about any of this. Um, I'm just talking because this is the talking point of the day. Um, if you ask, I've had a number of players on this show that played junior and then went and played college. Um, my brother played in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and then went and played college. So I have first-hand knowledge of talking to him. I have talked to a number of players that have done this. And every one of them has said college hockey is way dirtier than junior A hockey with visors and stuff. Now, I might, like as somebody pointed out here, well, my son lost two teeth in the SJ last year. And now he's playing NCAA with a full cage and he's doing really great. Why do, what, what does full cage have to do? I'm like, oh, well, that's good for your kid. Good luck to him. But I don't know what any of that has to do with him wearing a cage. Um, you know, you lost some teeth. That's too bad. I mean, okay. I mean, I get it. 
But at the same time, I'd like to know what's what are the concussion numbers from college compared to junior? Um, in just terms of dirtiness. As I said to collegehockey.com boy there when I said it's the dirtiest hockey in the world. Because there's no consequences. Because you can't fight in college. Everyone hides behind a cage. And it, and it just becomes the rat show. And everyone runs around and acts tough. And, uh, of course, yeah, okay, bud, is his big response. Well, it's true. Because, like I said, what would the players know? Um, and, in fact, uh, as I find it here, it was brought up on the Spit and Chiglet show because... Oh, oh, I laughed because there was air quotes a brawl in junior or in college hockey the other day. There, everyone standing there pushing and shoving with gloves on and helmets on, and I think there was one actual legit fight between the guys. But Ryan Whitney and who played college hockey, and Paul Bissonette who played major junior hockey. Of course, they, uh, you know, they they talk just kid playing. They they talk about this. And I've got this loaded up. So spit and chiglets. I, I, sorry for stealing content, but, uh, I'm making a point here. So I'm not, uh, again, I'm not trying to steal spit and chiglets entire, uh, podcast here, but to make my point again, here are two ex players discussing college hockey. And this is what they said. So to make my point here. It's pretty interesting this weekend. A rare college brawl between Alaska and Omaha. One of the tweets said, uh, uh, why weren't the adults in charge make, make sure there was no handshake line after the way this game went? So it, it sounded like it, it might have happened in the handshake line. It was tough to tell based on the video. But either way, a brawl in college, it's just not something you see. You might see two guys once in, once in a blue moon. But this was looked like the 1970s minor leaguers. I went to see uh, ASU the other day with Donor to watch his kid play. And I will say that the fact that the score was getting out of hand and the other team kind of took a few jabs at the goalie like ran into him accidentally on purpose a couple times they should be letting these fucking kids fight fuck some of them are just such rats they need oh college is ridiculous and you got guys running around around. like torpedoes they need a few fucking shots to the jugular to smarten them up college hockey was pretty interested this weekend yeah so so there you go um and it's true, and I and everyone I have talked to has said the same thing, and everything else. But like I said, uh, you know the the people replying um, to my my tweet about it obviously have never played, um, have never talked to any players that have done it. That's my response to anybody: is talk to anybody who's played in both, and you don't listen to me. I I don't know. I never played. I never played played it so i'm not and i'm not saying from a knowledge standpoint my my opinion comes from <laughs> going to the source and talking to people that have done both and they all have said it i'm not exaggerating to make my point every person that i've talked to that has played junior hockey that went to play college hockey has said college hockey is beyond gross and dirty and uh yeah and they had cages dented in from cross. Like I said to the one guy, I said, well, sticks get up. Oh, are you saying, how can you stick someone with a cage on? I'm like, you fucking idiot. You can cross check someone right in the cage or in the back of the head or whatever, like, or in the neck or what. Cause there's no, you, you have, you don't need to control your stick because you're not going to cut anybody or knock teeth out because they're just going to hit their cage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get a, get a cross check hard enough in the cage. See what that does. Cause it snaps your head back. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's really great for the, for the brain. You know, I, I said all these people that love to yell and cry about CTE from fighting, but yet love college hockey because they don't fight. Like, holy fuck the irony. Like, you have no clue. 
Um, yeah, right here. I don't know. My son plays NCAA, lost a couple teeth last year in the SJ, and now in full visor. He seems to be playing good. Actually, fantastic. Well, that's great, but that's not what I'm talking about at all there, buddy. You know, oh, he's playing great. Well, good for him. Congratulations. But that's not what I'm, what is wearing it? Yeah. And then it's an insurance thing. Well, yeah. Thanks. Tips. I know. Um, I will laugh. The one guy goes, the Brooks Bandits, the Alberta Junior League are excluded from this rule because it doesn't apply to 25 year olds. That's funny as, uh, anybody involved in the, uh, Alberta Junior Hockey, Junior A Hockey League will know that Brooks has got a, um, you know, there, there, there's been, uh, a few, uh, <laughs> uh, incidents, um, with, with Brooks over the years in terms of money and some behind the scenes skullduggery that they often get accused of. So, but, um, yeah, like I said, it's, um, it, it's a polarizing topic. Um, uh, well, like the one guy said, under 18 full cage, over 18 players choice. Um, yeah, which is a completely, and he was a former player. That's a completely valid statement. Um, I agree with that. Um, I, and it's just, you just, you get, you see these, and it's just people commenting that don't know. It's like, oh, well, at least with the full cages, that'll get rid of the goons. Like what fucking, like this isn't 1997 Junior A. Like what, it's 2000, like there's teams with four fight. Like what are you talking about goons? There's no goons in Junior A anymore. Oh, this one guy. Oh, this one guy. Okay, there's always the one guy. Like, oh, stop. Like, like so you see these idiots filling up the fucking replies. Oh, at least I'll get rid of the dummies. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's about speed and skill now. So it's about time they went to a full kit. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, yeah. Like, again. Yeah, because no one had... Where do you think all the college players came from before, dummy? Like, the one guy's gopher fan, whatever. Well, where did you think you got all your players from? Dumb shit. Like, ah, oh, God, these... Just idiots. Just idiots. But they've been led to believe this from different collegehockey.com guy. That, oh, this is just a brilliant move and it'll cut down on... Because they won't fight now. So there'll be less concussions. I love that one. They just buy this bullshit that it's a full cage. So there won't be any more concussions. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because no one will run around with their elbows up with the full cage on. Now again, oh well, no, my son got elbowed in the SJ last year. Well, again, it, it's like if it's not absolute, everything has to be absolute, or else you don't have a you don't have a point. Well, you're not not like how many guys run around and throw head high elbows at people in the SJ in the Alberta League and stuff. Now again, does it happen? Of course it happens. But compare it to college hockey, it's not even close because in college hockey. At least even now in junior A hockey, if you ran around and got your elbow up and stuff, at some point you're going to have to pay the piper. Now, they don't fight as much and they don't have, you know, there's no crazy, there, there's no Grant Ottenbright, you know, anymore. But, the, you know, they will have to fight. In college hockey, you don't have to fight. So you can run around like a goof and it doesn't matter. No one can do anything to you. So everyone's a hero. 
And this is everyone, like I said, Biz just said the same thing there on the clip. I have players on this show that have said the same thing. As I said, I have family members that said the same thing. So they're all wrong. Because they were goons, I guess. <laughs> and Buddy from collegehockey.com, who's never played, he knows. Because if there's no fighting, it has to be cleaner, right? Again, this is the, the myth that has been promoted. And uh, and it's, and this is what's believed. So, so unfortunately for the Junior A boys, um, I feel for you guys. Um, like I said, unfortunately with these rules, no one ever asks the players. Um, yeah. And it, and it's just, like I said, in the grand scheme of things, I don't give a fuck. I'm not watching. I don't have kids playing. It does not matter to me. I'm reporting the news. I just find the whole thing just ridiculous on the surface for the very fact that they're the answer to this is why we're doing it is always for safety, which to me is fucking comedic because there is nothing, there is nothing safe about full cages or visors, or for or bubbles. There's nothing safe about a full visor or a bubble. There isn't. And uh, you could you could sit there and you could tweet at me all you want. It, it isn't. Unlike the one dipshit, well, they said the same thing when they put helmets on in the 70s. It's not the same thing at all, you fucking clown. So, whatever. Or the seatbelts. Uh, like what? Okay. Like I said, adults are talking, run away, go away. See, it's funny, so when you bring up these points to these people, they have no knowledge to draw from. They have certainly not researched it like I have. They have not talked to anybody that has done... Now, if I went and talked to a bunch of players, and they're all like, oh no, college is safe, I wouldn't be sitting here arguing that college wasn't. I am going by the research that I've done and the people that I've talked to. This isn't just me sitting here guessing no, I went and investigated and talked to people and interviewed them. You've heard them on this show, if you're a longtime listener. Derek Reynolds, etc. I'm trying to think who I've had on that have went on and played college hockey. Well, Dakota Odgers. Well, that was more of a case of there's no fighting. So, again, with the no fighting, let's call it university hockey so much cleaner. Oh, yeah, sure. Devin Francon, there's another one. Chris Graff, when he went and played. A little bit of junior or uh, university hockey, you know. So yeah, so don't. Or, well, Mike Perpepec, there's another one. I had him on. He played for the Fighting Sioux, and he played in the BC League. Ask him. Go listen to that interview and what he said. Again, this isn't just me pulling shit out of my ass and oh, an old man yells at clouds because I want to see more fights. That's not, that's nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, don't do this rule change, and then, that's the problem, and then you put out a press release, and then the media guys, like the friggin', you know, the, the hockey news nerds, and all these idiots with these podcasts, collegehockey.com, and all this shit, oh, say it's a safety measure, and that's good, they find, they're finally getting into this decade, you know, or like, yeah, it's 2022, about time, and all this shit. They have no fucking idea what they've talking about. They've never talked to anyone. They just, this is what they've been led to believe. Cause, cause in theory, when you look at it on the surface, if I put on a full cage compared to a half visor, it should be safer, correct? You would think. Problem is, is go watch the game then. And clearly it's not. 
Now, is it safer for maybe a little errant high stick might lose some teeth or a broken nose or cut on the eye or lose an eye, so to speak? Well, of course, yes. But how often does that happen in junior hockey? Like, I haven't heard of, uh, there hasn't been big headlines of people losing eyes lately. So, again, but this one time in band camp, it certainly can happen without a doubt. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But don't talk like it's a weekly occurrence. Just like, oh, to strengthen your argument. No, at the end of the day, when you remove fighting and, and all that, and conse- you basically, you remove consequence is what I'm saying. When you remove consequences is when the donkey show starts. Go watch a college, like I said, go watch a college hockey game and then you get back to me about how great cages are. Yeah, sure. So, but anyway, there you go. It's, it's the, it really is, folks. It's not, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but it really is the end of an era. And, uh, for, for junior hockey in Canada. And, um, yeah. So fighting's over, basically. Um, fighting was pretty much over anyway, but it'll definitely be over now. You might, again, because in college hockey, there's still the odd fight. There'll still be the odd fight in junior A, but no, it'll be, it'll be pretty much done. So, um, so it's over and you got full cages. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Ask the, somebody should ask Hockey Canada, are you going to subsidize all the empty seats? You know, but, uh, you know, such as it is, as hockey goes, um, I, I don't know if Major Junior will go to full cages. I know David Branch, the commissioner of Major Junior Hockey, wants to. Um, I will see. I don't think so. I mean, at some point, yeah, maybe. Uh, but again, at the same time, in Major Junior, they don't fight anyway. Not really. I mean, the Quebec League has a three-fight rule. The Ontario League has a three-fight rule. The WHL does not have a fight rule, but I think the guy who led the league last year had seven or something. So it's not like all of a sudden, oh, yeah, the Western League's the Wild West and everyone's crazy picking up 20 tilts a year still. Like, no. I mean, obviously it's more wide open than the other two leagues. Um, but these kids don't fight anymore. They're, they're not... That hockey mindset's not there. Um, it's not their fault. How... If you don't know, you don't know. Um, but they'll, you know, they'll when push and sh- push comes to shove, they will f- they'll they'll fight still. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting how long it is until Major Junior goes to full cages. I'm I'm curious. It'll you know I could see it happening at some point, but I don't I don't think for a little while anyway. But uh, but there you have it, there folks. Junior A hockey has gone to full cages in. As of December, so but I, that's the other thing. Classic hockey, Canada. Would you would you not do it in the off season and tell or like come up with the ruling this year? Be like, okay, starting next season, just teams heads up, but start buying your cages, you know, or whatever. Tell the players like, yeah, starting next year, it's full cage league. You would think in a reasonable, that's what they would do. Oh no, halfway through the year, we'll do it. I know the one coach I was talking to says, oh yeah, you can't even buy Kate like. They're completely sold out. They're trying to get the manufacturers to buy cages and bubbles and like completely uh, screwing. And that's the other thing, completely screwing up the budgets of, the, of these teams. Again, we're not talking like these teams are the goddamn Toronto Maple Leafs and have billion dollar budgets or anything. Like, no, most of these are like community owned and run on a shoestring. Most likely most of them losing money, um, but they keep them around for the community. 
Uh, like, I'm sure the Melville Millionaires and Yorkton Terriers, oh, I'm sure they're just making millions. Yeah, right. You know, between that, the 300, $200, $300 sticks cause, and everything else. And, uh, yeah, and now we gotta, we got to buy 30, 30 cages and stuff, you know, that, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're already throwing it onto the bottom line, oh, yeah, good job, Hockey Canada, once again. How organized? You're about as organized as the fucking $5 DVD bin at Walmart. You know, just clueless. Ugh. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Is Colorado going to repeat? Is Toronto Maple Leafs, is this going to be finally be the year? I see Carolina's up there in the Stanley Cup Futures bets as well. If that wasn't enough excitement, you could turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Let's move on from that. Um, Yeah, let's get to this best in the East poll. Now, again, forgive me if I have done this one before. I don't think I have. Um because it was in a different folder than the other ones were. So I don't think I've covered it. But uh, yes, so the Eastern League, or Eastern Conference in the Western Hockey League, um, like I said, so they would they would have the players and coaches vote. And this best player, most underrated, smartest player, most irritating player. Oh, Jordan 2-2-1. Oh, surprising. Um, uh, best pro prospect undrafted. Uh 56 votes, Dion Phaneuf. Second, Ryan Getzlaff. Third, Brent Seabrook. Fourth, Kyle Chapura. Chapura, Eric Fair, Cam Barker. Yeah, well, so I would say the players knew what they were talking about as all of those guys went on to the NHL. So, um, but here we go. Best fighter. Uh, well, this guy got all 18, he got 18 first place votes. And uh, with a 90 point total, the guy in second had 38 votes. So, uh the runaway uh, best fighter in the Eastern League was none other than Prince Albert Raiders' Grant McNeil. So everybody listening is obviously feel familiar with Grant McNeil, who went on and played numerous seasons with the Hershey Bears and uh, and his NHL, a great NHL tilt with Chris Simon. Go look that one up. Um, and then second, another name, of course, that everybody will know, longtime NHLer. Um, at this point, he finished second with 38 votes. Uh, from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Derek England. There you go. I mean, everyone knows Endo. And uh, he, had grand, he had a great NHL career. Um, third from Swift Current was Steven Spencer. Um, played the minors for a little bit. Did go over to the UK. Played over there. Um, fourth was Patrick Weller with the Calgary Hitman. Again, another long-term uh, AHL guy. I believe he, is he an assistant coach with Hershey? He's an assistant coach somewhere, I believe. Um Fifth, uh, for the Regina Pats, some guy named Colt Knorr. I think I've heard of him. Yes. Uh, and then after Saskatoon Blades, Adam Huxley. 
And then Lethbridge Hurricanes, DJ King. And rounding out the final votes with one vote uh, from the Brandon Wheat Kings, Jordan Tutu. So there's a hell of a list there, folks, from uh, fighters. That's just the East Division. We're not even getting into the West with Spokane and Seattle and stuff. Yeah, so McNeil, England, Spencer, Weller, or Huxley. DJ King, um, that was obviously his rookie year. DJ King, man. Talk about player spotlight. There's a guy I should do a player spotlight on. Uh, really underrated. Unfortunately, injuries caught up with him and kind of, uh, you know, had a, you know, retired early, but, uh, tremendous. Um, Grant McNeil. I would love to get Grant McNeil on the show. I have sent him a message. I've actually had someone that knows Grant McNeil reach out to him. I don't know. I get clearly, I guess he's not really interested. And that's fine. I understand that. I might try now that I'm saying this. Did I actually, hmm, I don't know. He follows me on Twitter. Um, hmm, now that I've said that, did I send him a message on Twitter? I don't know. I take that back. I'm not sure if I've sent Grant McNeil a message. I kind of think I have. Uh, but I know I had someone who knows him reach out to him and I never heard back. So, um, Derek King, actually all the guys I mentioned, I would love to have on the show. Adam Huxley, I did have on the show. I've had him on twice, actually. Very good interview. Um, definitely go back and listen to the um, the, the second time he was on, we kind of did the five toughest opponents thing, but the first one, the first time we had him on, of course, we did a full length interview. Um, was it in two parts? I don't know if it was a two parter. I know it was a long interview though. Um, and he was very, uh, you know, he told some good stories, um, did not hold back with his comments. Like he didn't, he wasn't afraid to, as the kids say, throw shade on people. Um, very interesting story. Um, you know, played in Saskatoon, well, played, well, he's a junior A guy, played with Melfort for a year in the Saskatchewan Junior League and then played, uh, with the Blades and then got traded to Seattle. Um, you know, uh, great fighter, tons of fights in the Junior Leagues. Um, and then went on, had a very lengthy pro career, played in the American Hockey League, played in the East Coast League, played in Vegas for a bunch of years. Um, and in Vegas, he actually got to know the Diaz brothers and really got, got hooked up with them and hangs out with them. And he told some funny, you have, you know, some Diaz stories and stuff. And it's a really good interview. I, I suggest you, uh, so go, go check it out. And, uh, good dude. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Um, but yeah, that, man, that, uh, the early 2000s of the Western League, you know, I've always said, I claim I, oh, I'm a 90s guy and I am, but that early 2000s, man, when you had those guys and like Bugard and stuff, oof, I'm telling you, man, Zach Fitzgerald and shit, Tristan Grant, Cassian, Lucic, Garrett Hunt, you know, those early to mid 2000s, WHL, solid, man, solid, love it, um, but yeah, Grant McNeil, though, um, there's another guy, as I'm, I'm saying his name, Def, go check out my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, as I said before, um, go look up Grant McNeil versus Colt Knorr and Grant McNeil versus Ryan Jordy. Great fights from the Western League. Uh, and they're on my channel. Definitely go check that out. But, um, well, shit, 55 minutes. I rambled on about the cage thing for a lot, a long time. But, um, the final thing that I'm going to talk about, of course, as I mentioned, my player spotlight with, uh, none other than Paul Cruz, the Cruz missile. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go over every fight that he was ever in or anything like that. Um, basically, I just kind of picked out the highlights kind of from each, each of his seasons just for you to go give a, give a look-see to. But, uh, but yeah, definitely a fun guy to go down the rabbit hole on. Um, you know, played a long time. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah, Paul Cruz, six feet, 210, uh, played 423 NHL games. That actually kind of surprised me. I didn't actually think he played that many. Um, but he had 71 career points and 106 career fights in the NHL. 
according to drop your gloves numbers. And I know with drop your gloves, that includes the preseason as well. So, um, but yeah, um, a Western Hockey League guy. He played two years with the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, in two seasons in the Western League, he had exactly 50 tilts. Um, there, he, unfortunately he played, well not, well unfortunately for us fans, he played in Kamloops and the footage in, if you played in Kamloops, the footage is non-existent. The Blazers do not let, back in the day, very hard to get footage out of Kamloops. They hung on to those game tapes with, you know, for all that they were worth. So, um, not a lot out there. Um, there's, I think there's only three fights from his junior days, uh, on YouTube. And one of them uh, is off my channel. Um, he fights the legendary Kerry Toporowski in Kamloops, and it's a great fight, toe to toe battle. Look that up. In fact, I mean Toporowski. Uh, as I'm one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, uh, yeah, he fought Toporowski six times one year. Um, and uh, I would love to. I would have loved to have seen those fights. Um, but the one fight that I do have of him is uh, in the playoffs. He fights Toporowski. It's a great fight. And then the other two fights are um, in Seattle. Uh, Cam Brower and uh, Darcy Simon. Um, so those those fights are out there from his junior days. But other than that, uh, unfortunately, yeah, 50 junior fights and there's three footage of three. That's pretty sad. But, um, yeah. But uh, the one thing I will... And I will say when I do these player spotlights, um, I've said before... Um, I will take the fights that are on YouTube and talk about them. So as you're listening to this, you can go to YouTube and follow along or after you're done listening, go down the rabbit hole. Like I said, I'm not going to start. Oh, cause I, I, I remember him fighting so-and-so in Salt Lake city and you know, um, I want you to obviously be able to see it as well. So, um, you know, I will, all the fights that I talk about as I going on here are on YouTube for you to check out. So, um, yeah, like I said, played two seasons with Kamloops, then went on and played in Salt Lake, the Seattle, or the Seattle, the Calgary Flames, uh, farm team in the IHL. Um, th- there is some of that footage out there. Um, and he had some really good fights. He has, uh, a, a kind of a, a really solid fight with James Lottos, a couple good fights with Jim Sprout, um, Kelly Chase, when Kelly Chase is in Peoria. Um, Sean Antosky, Odgers in Kansas City. Uh, he kind of drops Kevin Kaminsky in Fort Wayne. Um, you know, so those fights are out there. The footage in terms of quality, you know, is a little suspect, but, uh, you know, uh, he was a fun guy to watch. And I will say, as I've gone on, as I went down the, again, it's one of those things. I mean, I obviously, I was always a fan of Paul Cruz. I've seen these fights, uh, as I always say, the fights, I've seen a million fights, so they all run together. So I need to be refreshed. So, um, this morning as I was going through YouTube watching, rewatching these Paul Cruz fights, um, a couple things that really stood out to me. Uh, one, he can take a punch without a doubt. Um, he will stand in there. Um, he, he's a toe to toe guy. He's not really, he's not a wrestler. Um, well, fun little fact, I remember when I was talking to Mel Engelstad, and I was kind of like, throw out, uh, like, who, uh, you know Mel Engelstad, you know his fight card, and I mean, that dude fought everybody. I said to him, I said, who hit you the hardest? They, like, hit you, and you're like, holy shit, you know, and he said, right away, he said, Paul Cruz, and, uh, which, pff, that covers a lot of ground when you talk about Mel Engelstad. If Mel Engelstad says he hit hard, you hit hard, so, um, yeah, and going through these, he, you know, again, was 
is he a massive big KO puncher and stuff? Well, no, but he did have a couple, but he did, uh, he smacked a few guys and from his style, he got smacked in a few of these fights and he did not budge. He didn't go, you know, he took it. Um, so he had a great chin. Um, the one thing he is undersized in a lot of these fights. Um, and I, and as I'm saying this, I don't mean this as a disrespect to obviously Paul Cruz. Um, I would put him in the middleweight sort of category or light heavyweight, um, as kind of fighting terms, I would say he was a sidekick. He was a number two. Again, that's not a slight to him. As he did fight like Eric Karens and Brashear and Tony Twist. Like it wasn't like, oh, he was ducking heavyweights. He was, certainly was not. I'm not trying to say that. But he was like, he was the number two guy. He was a solid two, three guy. And I think it's noticeable as I've kind of watched his fights when he fought other guys like a Jim Cummins or a Cam Russell, um, Gerald Diddick, you know, guys like it, Lyle Old Lion, whatever, Buckberger, like sort of guys in his weight class and stuff, he always did really well in. Um, when he went up in size to like a Brant Myers, a Tony Twist, a Brashear, um, you could definitely tell he was undersized and uh, he kind of got thrown around a little bit. Nah, I shouldn't say got thrown around. But he was sort of, if you watch the fights, you'll know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> he was sort of outmatched against the real big heavyweights. Which is what made them really big heavyweights. Um, which is why he wasn't. But, um, but nonetheless, he would fight him. I mean, fearless dude. It wasn't like, oh, he was wrestling and hiding when he fought these guys. I mean, he would go for it. Um, you know, there's no questioning the guts of Paul Cruz, without a doubt. Um, well, the first time we kind of see Paul Cruz in the NHL, um, his first regular season NHL fight is December 23rd, 1991, and it's against Kelly Buckberger when uh, Cruz is with Calgary and Buckberger is with Edmonton. Um, when you look this fight up, um, it, 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 they're going toe-to-toe. What, when, but it's funny, a bunch of the Cruz fights that I'm going to talk about, um, I, could buy, I kind of could do player spotlights on some of the guys that he fought too. Because when I do these player spotlights, as I've said before, Sorry to keep kind of doing these asides here, but with the player spotlights, I'm sort of doing guys that don't get talked about a lot. Like, it's not like, oh, player spotlight, Bob Probert. Like, I mean, which would be fine, but I mean, eh, you know, do we really need to do that again? Or player spotlight, Dave Brown or Craig Berube, Tidomi. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Everyone's kind of seen that stuff and, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I might down the line. I'm not saying I'd never do a player spotlight on them, but just kind of, eh. I'm kind of doing, I don't want to say the unknowns, because I'm sure everybody listening to this, you guys are all fight fans, you know who Paul Cruz is. But yeah, I, maybe a lot of you haven't gone down that rabbit hole. Uh, I, I'd be willing to bet that. So, and, and then, and like I said, that's the whole point of these spotlights is to kind of get, uh, you know, kind of get these guys some ink, so to speak, and, and that type of thing. Um, but I was going to say, with the fight with Buckberger, um, they're going pretty good toe-to-toe, and Cruz kind of, you know, whatever. Buckberger kind of goes down on one knee, and his jersey kind of comes off. For those watching that fight, watch the right hand that Buckberger lands on Cruz when he stands back up. He brings that from left field, man. I'm telling you, it is uh, like he just drops a bomb. And, and like I said, and Cruz just, like, I think he's obviously stunned by it, but, I mean, he doesn't really go down. He just sort of... Uh, he just sort of takes it. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that fight out. Um, and then, uh, you know, in, uh, and then that was, uh, 91, 92. Um, like I said, he has a number of great fights. He had, he had, uh, another really, uh, solid fight with, uh, 
with, with Stefan Quintal. There's another guy, kind of a, you know, under the radar guy, but a real good solid toe to toe battle in the corner. Um, you know, really solid fight. Um, you know, then we move on to, uh, 92, 93. Again, he spent most of the year in the IHL. He kind of did some spot duty up with the NHL. Uh, he actually got called up in January and he fought Brad May. Tremendous toe to toe fight with Brad May. That's a great fight. Definitely, you know, go out of your way to check that one out. Um, you know, and then he had a, he had another really good fight at the end of the year in March with Gerald Diddick in Vancouver. Um, kind of a little line scrum and they, uh, they kind of separate and, uh, and, uh, you could tell cause Cruz kind of, you know, cause Cruz is, you know, trying to make a name, right? He kind of grabs Diddick out of the, from the side. You can kind of see the camera does it sort of catches them at, you know, you see Cruz kind of skate over to him and grab him. The camera kind of goes away and then comes back and they're fighting and, you know, it's an okay fight. Um, you know, Cruz is kind of get catching him a little bit. Um, but at the end of it, actually Diddick headbutts him. And, uh, cause obviously, and he's pissed. You can see Diddick is mad about it. So I think Diddick might have been like, no, no, no. But then I think Cruz gave him no choice. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't really happy about it. So, cause it's funny, the following season in 93, 94, in the preseason, he fights Gerald Diddick again. Um, there's no video of that that I could find. But, you know, obviously that was from, you know, from the year before the head, the headbutt game. But, uh, 93, 94 is, uh, his first full year in the NHL with Calgary. Um, yeah, he has some really, uh, you know, he had 21 fights, um, has a really good fight with Cam Russell, toe to toe one, another good one with Sergio Mameso, and a great fight with Phil Crow. There's another guy, underrated guy. Um, but Phil Crow was, I love Phil Crow. He was solid. Um, and you know, towards the end of the year, great fight with Darren McCarty, um, uh, Rob Pearson, another guy, kind of an under the radar guy. I'm not saying Rob Pearson was some tremendous fighter, but gritty guy that would get in there. Um, but yeah, really fun year for Cruz, his first full year in the league. Like I said, some great, some great fights. Um, you know, we kind of go on again. I'm not trying to speed through this, but I mean, you know, when, when, I mean, what am I going to describe the, oh, he threw a left, then this guy threw a right, then they grappled. Like, I'm not going to describe the fight for you. Go to YouTube and watch these, but it's more just the, it kind of giving you the heads up on maybe, you know, what fights to look for. And in like 94, 95, um, you know, he had 13 fights, uh, really saw a really great preseason fight with Brian Marchment. Um, uh, again, another really good fight with Cam Russell. This one's kind of going toe to toe and he kind of catches kind of a TKO win for him. He kind of drops Russell. Um, a great toe to toe fight with Jim Cummins. Um, Cummins, they're like, I mean, Russell Cummins, these guys I'm throwing out. Like you talk about just warrior battle guys, just toe to toe. Unbelievable. Um, you know, actually, and then another fight that he had in this one that I want you to go watch. It's a really interesting fight with Troy Crowder, who at this point is playing for LA. And, uh, again, the fight isn't much. Um, but you could definitely see how crowd, like Cruz definitely catches Crowder with a couple. Um, and then they're grappling and you can just see where the size becomes an issue. Um, because Crowder is so big and strong. He's kind of, he's, he's kind of manhandling Cruz a little bit. But Cruz kind of ducks his head and he's kind of got his head at his, at, at, it, kind of in Crowder's stomach a little bit and they're kind of, and Crowder's sort of pulling him backwards. But as he does it, he knee lifts him and, uh, Crowder catches Cruz with a good knee lift in that fight. And, um, yeah, I definitely encourage you to check that one out. Um, 
Uh, and then, uh, like I said, and then 95, 96, um, you know, he has 11 fights. Um, you know, Charlie, you and Dead Marsh, a uh, bunch of great fights, a really good fight with Scott Thornton. Um, yeah, they come out of the penalty box and go toe to toe. Um, yeah, I was a big fan. Like Scott Thornton, there's another guy I could do a spotlight on. Um, you know, real fun guy to watch fight. Um, uh, 96, 97, this is where he starts the year in, in Calgary, but, uh, right in November that he gets traded to the Islanders. Um, and, and again, uh, some really solid fights with Paul Laws, um, a, re- a really excellent fight with Jeff Rogers. You want, I mean, you want a toe to toe guy. There you go. Rogers with Boston and, uh, yeah, they go toe to toe. Really great fight. Um, his last fight of that year is with Myers in Tampa Bay. And I always say with Myers, it's a real shame, of course, with the, you know, the addiction issues and everything else, because when, um, when Myers had things together and with, like, he was a big left-handed guy. And I mean, he, he, you know, he, he gives it to Cruz a little bit. Again, this is where I say with, with the Cruz thing, when it's bigger guys, you could definitely see he's sort of out of his element. Um, not that he's like, you know, ducking or turtling or anything, but you could definitely see him having issues with bigger guys. Um, but when it's guys his size, um, yeah, they'll, he'll go toe to toe for sure. Um, 97, 97, 98 is interesting. Um, cause again, he's with the Islanders. Um, and then towards the end of the year at the trade deadline, he gets traded to Buffalo. And I think which might have led to this trade was, um, well, at the start, we'll go, he has a great fight, decent fight with, well, the fight with Vandebush is funny. Vandebush is with the Rangers, so it's kind of a battle of New York thing. But I laugh, and they, they do a lot of grappling, but they are getting some punches in, but there is a lot of wrestling going on. And of course, these announcers, of course, are just like, oh, I don't even know why they're giving them fighting penalties. They didn't do anything. Meanwhile, the, as the guy's saying it, there's a cam, the camera's right on Vandebush's face as he's leaking out of his nose. So it's like, well, yeah, he clearly landed a couple. Um, oh, some of the announcers in this one, and, uh, I will get to it. Um, Rob, or, uh, Jenneret there in Buffalo. Oh, like, I know with his voice, he pumps up the excite, and his voice is exciting, and he gets the fights going and whatever. I get it, but I mean, this, his blind homerism is embarrassing at times, and it's like, and the perfect example is when Cruz fights Rob Ray. Um, again, it's a really good fight, but, Cruz kind of catches Ray and puts Ray down to one knee. Well, Jennerette's yelling that Ray buckles Cruz. It's like, what are you talking about? It's completely the other way around. Um, and then Ray kind of comes back a little bit. It's a good fight. I'm not saying he dropped Ray, but he caught him. And Ray kind of w- goes down and gets back up. But you can see he caught him. Um, another good fight that he had from this year was Denny Lambert. Again, there's another guy, underrated. Um you know, solid foot soldier in Ottawa, Lambert, he could go, and they had a really good fight along the boards. Um, and then, of course, Cruz fights Brashear in Vancouver, and Brashear does, you know, like Cruz doesn't back down from him, he's going for it, but um, Brashear just kind of manhandles him, and you could just see the size thing, right? Um, Jamie Allison in Calgary. there, There's another, there is an underrated, undercover tough guy, Jamie Allison. There's another guy you should go look up his fights. Just a tough old blue liner in Calgary and just unheralded guy, you know, glassing out guy. But when shit went south, he could fight and he has a, he, he puts one on Cruz in this one. Solid fight. Um, 
Well, like I said, 98, 99, he's in Buffalo. And I want to know, you know, Buffalo, I think at the deadline, might probably saw what Cruz did to Ray in that fight and was like, shit, we better get this guy. And they traded for him. And, um, yeah, his first uh, full season in Buffalo, 98, 99, um, you know, 13 fights, um, you know, running with with Ray and stuff. Um, yeah, you know, good, picked up, a drop v, Mark Vichu. Um, you know, that was a good fight with his Molek, uh, you know, Brad Brown. Um, Eric Karens does, he does really well against Eric Karens. Um, uh, you know, he, uh, he fought Karens a couple times. Um, you know, I would I'd probably give him the win in the first one. Um, the second time they fought was 99, well, I'll get to 99, 2000. Um, again, this was sort of, this was Cruz's last year in the NHL. Um, you know, he played up until about December in the NHL and then he got sent to the IHL down to Utah. And, uh, and that, that was pretty much the it for his NHL career. Um, but he kind of ended the, ended his career. He fought, uh, Karen's, uh, and then Paul Laws were his last two fights in the league. Oh, and then the one fight with, he fights Luke Richardson. And, uh, Richardson lands the only punch of the fight. And, uh, and Jenneret's yelling that, oh, and then, and then, Richardson drills Cruz with a good one, cuts him, cuts him open above the eye, and then Cruz is going forward at him and kind of like falls over, like they falls on top of him because Richardson loses his footing. But Jenneret's yelling that old Cruz buckled him and all this. Like Cruz didn't even throw a punch. Richardson was the only one that threw a punch, but this, he's yelling and screaming about Cruz to drop something. He drops him. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh God. Uh, but anyway. But yeah, he fights Wendell and Wendell's in Chicago. That just looked weird. Wendell Clark in Chicago. Um, but, uh, yeah, Karen's, um, he actually does really well with Karen's. And I mean, for, and Karen's is so bloody big. I mean, Karen's got seven inches on him and it's just like, you know, but he's hanging in there. Um, Karen's kind of lands a couple, but he lands a couple on Karen's. I, I'm like, I'm not going to yell Karen's beat him because he, I don't think he did, but, uh, you know, but that's about it for his NHL career. Um, yeah, like I said, then he goes down to the IHL. The following year in 2000, 2001, I didn't actually even know that Paul Cruz played with San Jose. His, actually, he, he was playing in the IHL with the Chicago Wolves. And, uh, well, and most of the time on this, I will talk about NHL fights. But the one fight I will have you look up is the fight with Mel Engelstad that I was talking about when Mel's playing for Manitoba and Cruz is playing with the Chicago Wolves. Go look that fight up. It's all again. It's all over YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel. But they beat the shit out of each other, and uh, there is blood flying. They're both bleeding, and that's the fight where Mel said, "Yeah, he drilled me." And uh, yeah, it's a that's an awesome fight. And actually, right after that, Cruz gets called up by, by San Jose, and he actually fights Reed Low. Um, so they probably saw the Engelstad fight and said, "Holy shit!" Um, the fight with Reed Low is not much. He does pretty good, but I mean, it's not the great fight or anything. That was the fight I didn't know. I didn't even know Cruz played with San Jose. But, um, that was his final NHL fight, July 11th, or July, January 11th, 2001 was, uh, Paul Cruz's final NHL fight. Um, yeah. And, uh, and like I said, uh, undercover guy, um, not undercover, that's probably not the right word, but just underrated, um, seldom talked about. Um, if you actually want to hear a really good interview with Paul Cruz, uh, old Joe, Joe Lazito there when he was doing the, uh, Coliseum Chronicles, his Islander podcast, I believe one of his very early second or third interviews was with Paul Cruz. And, uh, so definitely go back and, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll talk about all these fights and more, you know, Joe, 
I mean, I mean, that was how many, that was last, I, I mean, I've listened to so much stuff. No offense, Joe. I listened to the, I listened to it. Uh, but I, I can't remember nothing. You know, it's, you know, I, between all my shows and Joe's shows and Alex's shows and other podcasts I've listened to, um, you know, you retain certain bits and pieces of it. I know I enjoyed the interview and, uh, I'm sure obviously they'll talk about some of these fights that I just talked about. But like I said, those are some of the fights from YouTube that I wanted to talk about and, uh, you know, and, and share with you. And I hope you go down that, the Paul Cruz rabbit hole because I think you'll be really, uh, you'll be really, um, impressed. And like I said, you know, was he the greatest fighter in the NHL? No, but he was an action guy. He would go toe to toe. Um, you know, wasn't afraid to, you know, take three to throw one and, uh, would fight anybody. And, uh, I always liked him. Like I said, he, he was going for it, trying to chuck some bombs and, and these fights that I gave you were a really good, uh, illustration of that. So definitely check out Paul Cruz. I think you'll dig it. But, uh, anyway, folks, as I was sitting here talking, you might have heard a bing in the background. That was my phone. And that was actually Steve telling me he is actually ready to go. So you are going to get the update on the, on the new drop your gloves. 2.0 website known as the Fight Chronicles. I'm going to get him on here and we're going to talk about that. So, um, yeah, let's, I'll shut up about Paul Cruz and, uh, let's get on talking to Steve here. And, uh, after I'm done talking to Steve, obviously, well, that's, that'll be the end of the show, but, uh, I really want to thank you guys for, for tuning in and, uh, and, and definitely I will, uh, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. But, uh, here's my talk with Steve about the new fight site and a few, and a few musings I'm sure we will tail off onto other things. So, um, yeah, so, uh, enjoy and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. All right. Here on the fourth line voice. Hey, I, I promised you here folks here at the end of the episode. Uh, I was going to have Steve from when Probert was king.com on the show. I got him on the line and, uh, of course he is the man that is creating the fight chronicles. I mean, I, I want to say drop your gloves 2.0, but that's, you know, that, that kind of does an injustice to all the work that Steve's doing here. So we, we're going to, we've moved on. It's a new, a new, uh, it's a new, uh, a new day, a new a site, the, uh, the fight chronicles. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm good, Darren. Thanks for having me on. Hey, there you go. That was my, my babbling intro. Steve and I have been talking for like 45 minutes already. And then I hit record and, and went instant to babble mouth here. And I didn't know what I wanted to say, but, uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I was telling you before we got going, I've had a few people kind of ask me like, well, you did that fundraiser. You wanted to get dropped your gloves up again and create a new site. What's going on with that and everything else. And I said, well, you know what, instead of me telling you, I am going to get the man himself on the show and he can explain to us the updates and what's going on and uh, when to expect uh, the whole, uh, the the launch of the new site. Um, you know, uh, Steve, for the people out there wondering, uh, what is going on with the new, uh, with the new fight site that's coming out and uh, what's the ETA and, and, and all that, and all that business, what's going on? Well, uh, we had, we had, the site is up and running, you know, for people who want to just sort of um, take a look at the site, uh, as um, you know, as it's sort of the, in a viewing mode, you can't really add anything to the site at the moment. But at least the framework's there and how it's going to look. Um, you know, right now, Brian, who is uh, the man, sort of uh, you know putting this all together and creating this all for us, he's um, you know we were about to sort of get ready to push this through and make this happen, and we were going to. I remember talking to Brian and saying, you know, hey, we're just going to go and whatever happens, happens. You know, we'll. You know, if there's any bugs, if there's any issues or people have, you know, um, 
you know, in, you know, information or feedback. We'll deal with it then, you know, because we just wanted to kind of get it going and and have it be out there. You know, like it's you know, it's taken long enough. Let's do this. And um, then we were talking about you know adding a a forum uh, to the site, something where we could sort of communicate with each other a little bit and not have to you know, jump off the site to talk to each other at Twitter or Facebook or something like that, just about the site, you know, so we can actually, you know, have like a bit of a message board there. It's not going to be like the old forums or, or I don't want anyone to think, you know, like that. But um, what Brian is going to do is he's going to send me a uh, sort of like a, like a working prototype of, of the forum uh, to see, to see how it works and how it interacts with the database. And then we're going to take it from there. And we're hoping that that's like the little, like the last obstacle for us to overcome and, and then just push right through to here we go and this is it and whatever issues or uh, kinks and bugs that we encounter will we'll work out as we grow the, the database, you know, because uh, at a certain point, at a certain point, it's, you know, the time has come and we got to do this, you know, so I, I'm kind of anxious and like I mentioned to you earlier, I'm like excited and nervous and worried and, you know, concerned all at once, you know, so it's going to be um, a little nerve wracking, but fun. So I can't wait. I don't really have a solid like uh, time, you know, when this is going to be done. I'm Everything's like in Brian's hands right now, but I'm glad that I could come on here and just give, give people a little bit of an update on, on the site and how things are going. Um, I've been sort of updating the guys in the collector's archive at the Facebook group. And, um, you know, some of those people that are in that group are, you know, ready to sort of, um, you know, enter a lot of data for us, you know. So I, I didn't want to go posting updates on the Facebook groups every couple of weeks and, you know, get kind of tired after a while. So I just sort of wanted to save, like, the major announcements for something like this, you know, where I can kind of like, give people an update, and you know, through your show and, you know, reach a bigger audience. Yeah, well, and that, and I, I've said that on a number of episodes now, kind of, I've, I've, here and there, I have talked about it in the, over the, over the summer. And I kind of mentioned to everybody, like, I know we did the GoFundMe, the fundraiser and all that. I said, don't believe me, folks. He didn't take the money and run off to Aruba or anything. Like, <laughs> he is building the site. I've seen it. Um, but, uh, I, I also have cautioned people and I know I can, we can all say it until we're blue in the face. There's going to be a bunch of dickheads that get on there. Well, this doesn't look like drop your gloves at all. Like, you know, I mean, there's going to be that guy. There's always that guy in everything you do. But I've, I've tried to caution people against like, okay, when you log on to the Fight Chronicles for the first time after it's been launched, don't expect to see all these complete fight cards from all these leagues and everything else. And it's like, drop your gloves. Never, never left. It's right here again. It doesn't work like that. I said, what you saw and drop your gloves before it went down, that was 15 years of data entry into that site. That site didn't get launched and have all that stuff in it already. It got people added that over the years and years, much like this one. It's obviously going to be baby steps and people have to add data to it as it comes on and everything else. Um, exactly. Yeah. So when it That's gets true. launched, um, has, uh, I guess, has there been, is it just sort of going to be, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, I'm not a computer guy, so I'm not really sure that is there going to be any sort of data entry on it at all? Has there been any data put onto onto it yet in terms of when it gets launched? Yeah, we, we have, you know, um, like there's, we have a, 
I'm trying to find it right now. There's a... Because I would assume some NHL stuff has already been put on there. Obviously, you're starting at the NHL. Yeah, we've, we basically, it's, I think we have, it's mostly NHL right now, and we're, we're basically worked from, you know, the 1960-61 season onward. There's a few gaps, you know, and I'm trying to find out the information right here. Um, he says, you know, right now it has about 75,000 fights are on are on the um, the data, database as it stands, and there's almost fifty thousand games. Um, so we've pulled information from all that. That's just, and that basically just brings us up to almost. I mean, the NHL from sixty sixty one up to maybe somewhere in the mid eighties. Um, so, and there is a little bit of WHL information and a small amount of AHL information on there right now as well. The rest is up to us. Um, we're going to have to add it. I've been working on um, the like beginnings of the NHL 1917, 1918 season all the way through. I'm trying to push it to the uh, original six era, so that's going to be one of the areas that I'm going to focus on when the site sort of like you know opens up and it's official and we can actually add data and it stays on the site. It's permanent. And it's you know for all time. Uh, that's where I'm going to be sort of focusing on. We have other people that are going to be you know kind of giving us um, information from other leagues and, you know, slowly but surely, you know, take it from there. Yeah, like I know I've talked to, like I had Anthony on my show, and we kind of did a timeline about the East Coast League, blah, 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 but afterwards I had talked to him, and he had mentioned how he was a pretty big contributor on the Drop Your Glove site for um, uh, East Coast League. Was it East Coast League? I think it was East Coast League. Or some sort of data. He had entered a, he had entered a lot of data anyway, I'll put it that way. On the old Drop Your Glove site, and I know himself, and of course uh, Warren out in Winnipeg, and guys like that. Do, do you have? Have you talked? You don't have to throw out names, but have you talked to? You, you sort of mentioned it. Is there a bunch of guys that you have talked to that are sort of like, I'm I'm ready to go, coach. Just let me know. Yeah, yeah, there is. We, we've had a few people, a few people overseas, you know, that want to, that are interested in helping out as well. Like some of the people were the guys, some of the, a few of the people who did, you know add a lot of the information over at dropyglass.com and they, they're kind of like the same, like almost like in the same boat as we were. We were kind of like, what happened? He's like, yeah. oh, I added all this information and it helped, you know, add this and this and this to that site and now, now it's just gone, you know, and we're, you know, we're trying to do something like, like it's not going to be gone. Like we, you know, it's, you know, we're not going to just like be, it's not going to be over with just in a blink of an eye. This is something that like a community like effort, you know, everyone that's, that has reached out and wants to be involved to add information is there's been some people that like we've all known from the hobby that, that have contributed in some way, shape or form. So you almost got that feeling like this is going to, this is going to kind of, you know, hang on for a while and people are serious about this. So that's, that's the real good thing about this. It's like you kind of feel you're surrounded by good people. Um, so I really think that that's going to be huge, huge, especially at the beginning when, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It could start off. It could be great. Uh, the server could crash. We could, you know, have, you know, it could, the site could freeze up over and on. There could be all kinds of little bugs that we have to fix and people will get frustrated. And, you know, but I know that we can, like, you know, if we just get by some of those early, you know, growing pains in the site, you know, everything will sort of smooth out, and, you know, with the crew and the people that have, you know, already reached out. Like, I know that we can build this. Yeah, and that, again, that's the other thing I, I've always wanted to stress with people with the Drop Your Glove site. Like, when you went to it, oh, I could type in Grant McNeil or Gordy Howe or blah, 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 and all these fight cards would come up from all these different leagues. I could look at Junior and all this stuff. 
Well, the guy who started Drop Your Gloves, I'm just letting everyone know, he didn't enter all this stuff. He wasn't just a one-man show. That Drop Your Gloves was very much a collaborative effort. And there was many people that did data entry on that site. And and there was many people that were left... Well, everyone was left in the dark when the guy left and pulled the shoot on the site. I don't think he told anybody. I think it was sort of like the thief in the night kind of thing. So everybody is just like... To this day, I don't think anyone really knows what happened to the guy. And You're right, yeah. Why he did it. But regardless, it's over. He's gone. But... There were still a lot of people around that were like, well, I mean, I talked to some of them and they were pissed. Like they put in a ton of time entering stuff and it's gone, you know, but at the same time I had mentioned to them about you doing this project and they were very much, I said, well, talk to Steve. I mean, he wants all the help he can get. And I mean, if you want to still do it and they were very much, yeah, like you said, it's very much of a community effort. And, and there are a lot of guys that are very passionate about preserving the history and I know yep. you and I have talked about this a number of times. I mean, Steve has been on my show, long-term listeners, long-time listeners know, but Steve's been on my show a number of times. But And, and I think we've mentioned it every time you've been on. But um, w- once HockeyFights.com got rid of those message boards and the fried chicken site went away and dropped the gloves went away, Hockey Fight history was over on the internet. Yeah, yeah we went to like a, a dark ages. Like because. It's not so much like, and this is the point I was trying to make, you know, like, you know, the few little back and forths I've had with uh, the Dan, the Dan man or whatever his name was. Like, you know, you know, you're shutting down the forums and, you know, you know what you're talking about, you're worried about bandwidth or you're worried about a cost of, you know, server, you know, hosting your site with the server and all the, the, the information that you have, you know, the, it, you know, it's not free, you know, and it's not, you gotta, you, you gotta figure out a way to, you know, pay for that and, it's a business decision and everything like that, but there's got to be some way that you could have kept that remember one forum open. There had to be some way. Uh, you lose all of that history when that went down. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's almost like it's not so much the, you know, you have a lot of people who go on these, these forums, you know, the young kids, they're idiots. They want to start trouble. They're trolling people, you know, they're starting all kinds of, you know, problems. But then through all the nonsense, you always had good people who were posting good absolute gold, you know, information that we don't, we're not going to get back, you know? So that's, that was what happened with that. That was what, it was a shame that that had to happen because, you know, now, you know, a lot of people are like, where do you go? Yeah, I went, I remember signing on to Twitter. Oh, I guess I'll go over to Twitter. You know, I guess I'll go and then eventually go over to Facebook and thank God we have some, you know, uh, fight communities over there, you know, that you can kind of still have some debates and discussions with, you know, but it was really shame, a real shame to lose all that history. Like you said, we kind of found ourselves in this kind of like dark ages period where we lost a lot. Yeah, exactly. And that was always, and again, anybody's listened to my show for a while, but everybody knows my complaints with hockeyfights.com. I mean, that, that became a personal issue between me, myself and those guys. So, I mean, I won't rehash all that now, but but at the time, like when you were talking, when they bought that thing and they were talking about removing the message boards, I remember telling them, don't do it. You're erasing 20 years of fight history. And like I said, like, and you brought up, oh, they're just, all to them, it was just a price tag. And I've often said right there, and I said, well, there you go, folks. There is your leader in hockey fights content on social media. They don't care about the history. The only thing they give a shit about is, oh, I, we got to post cat videos and last night's fight <laughs> you know uh, they don't they don't know anything they don't know any hockey history they don't want to know any hockey fight history they don't care 
And and when they erased all that, like you said, that was history. Yeah, it's gone. So I know, and there's a number of people that I think, um, when when you brought up the creating like creating your own website and let's re kick this off again and get it built. Um, I, I guess I can't, I guess I'm chewing my food twice here again. I'm saying it, but it's like, I, I can't encourage people enough to come to the site. And if you have a story or a nugget to share, that's what you put it on the message board. We have to, yeah. pres- we have to preserve history. If you're a hockey fight fan and you want to like, cause and that's the only way is it's going to be, um, like you said, community driven, you know, you, if you, that's what I was saying with the same thing with this podcast. When I, when I talk to these guys, I'm like, I will, come on your, sh- come on the show and share your, cause everyone has a story of how they got it right. or they know a story or they talk to a player or they were there, they saw it. And like you, like we were saying, um, you lately, you've been putting up a lot of, like you've been on newspapers.com and you've been putting up a lot of old pictures or just interesting articles and, you know, for, for what you put up the fight from Flyers, there's a picture from Flyers camp, Dave Brown fighting Reed Simpson. And people are like, oh, I didn't even know that happened and shit. Well, yeah, that's the kind of shit that we're talking about. And like exactly. you went way back to the beginning of like the 1905 all the way up to like 19, <laughs> like to the original six there in the 40s and talking about Sprague Cleghorn and Joe Hall and all those guys. I mean, if you're a hockey fight fan, you know, that. I, to me, I can't get enough of that stuff. It's just, it's fascinating. That's why I was like having you on the show when you talk about this, because I don't, the fuck is Sprague Cleghorn? I don't, you know, like, I mean, I've heard the name, <laughs> but I mean, I wasn't researching Sprague Cleghorn, right? So, but to know that you went back on newspapers.com, read those articles and could bring up some, you know, a little antidote or whatever. And, uh, you know, and I, I think that's really cool. And I think with this site, with the message boards and the people that are going to be involved in it, it's being created and I guess curated by fight fans. I guess that's my long way around to get to that of my point that I was trying to make is this site was built by fight fans for fight fans. Exactly. Yeah. When, and that's, you know, it's, it, it's funny when you mentioned about, you know, all the information that we used to get from just fans, just yeah. regular people who happen to, you know, maybe they, they grew up uh, a few, uh, a few hours down the, down the road from medicine hat. You know, and maybe they went to all those games in the early 80s or mid-80s. Maybe they saw Churla. You know, maybe they saw some of those guys like that. And they have, oh, geez, I, I saw this guy do this. I saw, you know, and it's like information that you, oh, I never knew about that. And then later on, gee, check this out. These, this is a summary from that game. That guy was not bullshit. He was telling the truth. You know, and it's those little things like that. You used to have guys, you know, that didn't grow up in, like, big NHL towns or big NHL cities. They grew up in, like, areas that had juniors teams, like yourself in Saskatoon. Yeah. You know, you know a lot of, like, background information about some of the tough guys that came out of there. You know, and you'd have that out on those forums in such a grand scale that you were getting so much information from so many different areas about different teams, different leagues, different fighters. And you're like, wow, it was incredible. And now it's gone. You know, and it's now it's like, it's like it's time to kind of try to build some of that back up. You know, let's, you know, it's Hockey Fight Chronicles. You know, we want to chronicle it all, you know. So that's sort of the the purpose. You know, we've detailed enough of the sort of the genesis of how this, you know, began. And now we're just sort of like on the cusp of this thing happening, you know, and it's about that. I wish I had a a solid date for everyone, but at some point I'm going to come out and say it's on, 
you know, and it's and it's just not going to happen overnight. Like you said, you know, the, when when the site opens up, you're not going to have fully flushed out fight cards yet. It's going to take time, but you know, when you have a lot of people who are dedicated to it, we can make it happen. Well, and I know, and that's the other thing I want to stress to people. Uh, first of all, Steve isn't a computer guy. He's never, you know, so (laughs) (laughs) um, in terms of, uh, you know, so I know this has been a big learning curve for yourself as well. Um, In terms of data entry, have you, have you been on it? Have you entered anything on this site? Like I'm assuming you have. I have. Yeah. I've, um, what's what's the process like? Is it like, is it hard? Like, no, um, it was actually pretty easy. The only thing, the first thing I got ran into when, I was just sort of flying blind. Let me try this. I have admin powers now. Like, let me, you know, you got the keys to the store, you know, you want to go in and check everything out. And, um, you know, so when I first went in there, I was, I was, you know, sort of at the beginning of my, my own little research project into the early years of the NHL fighting majors and everything. And so I was trying to add information about that and couldn't get any of the fights to go down. And I had to reach out to Brian and he's like, no, no, you got to add the name. The, the guy, you know, not every player is in the database. If they're not in there, you know, if they're not already listed, they're not going to recognize who it is. It's not going to be able to enter. And so that was the one little thing at first. Like, oh, man, I got to enter a whole bunch of these guys, you know, that, you know, Joe Hall, you know, Ken Randall, a lot of those guys who I was sort of researching at the time, you know, and once I, and it was funny, it was very, very quick and easy. I was able to add, add their names to the database and then add them, add them to the fight. I was like, wow, that's, that that's great. I, I can't believe that worked out like that. You know, and it wasn't a permanent thing. It was just during that little phase where we were sort of testing the bugs out and seeing if people liked it. You know, so it really encouraged me a little bit. I was like, wow, if it could be as quick as that, you know, I can kind of motor through a lot of this, especially if things work out and everything works out smoothly and there's no issues. You know, it really was very, very, you know, like quick and easy. And, and I think people once, you know, they, they sign on and sort of explore it a little bit. You know, when everything gets going, I think people will also see like, oh, wow, this is this isn't too bad. You know, and I'm, you know that's what makes makes me like, you know, anxious. Like I want, you know, this is, you know, I want to do this. I want to start adding information and data, and I got all this, you know, I got this Excel spreadsheet with all this information. I want to get it over there, you know, and and, and help build a database, you know, and uh, that's kind of when I was screwing around and kind of just like anyone else, I was just kind of playing around. And uh, it kind of encouraged me. Like, I really felt like, okay, I can't wait to do this now. You know, so I haven't, there's nothing permanent on there. It was just a testing phase. Like, but it was, it was kind of, you know, kind of cool to kind of go through it and see stuff actually work out and, you know, and everything like that. So, you know, it kind of makes you, you know, like you want to have this thing get going so you can add more information and get it going. Yeah, so and I think that's a really key point that I think, you know, like you said before, it was going to be a real collaborative. Like you have guys that have, I know there's guys out there that have AHL stuff and IHL box scores and, and they used to enter all the OHL stuff back on Drop Your Gloves. And I know there's a bunch of guys like that that want to do it. And I've had guys on my show that, oh, I did the fight card from that year or whatever. I think, um, you know, I, I, I would encourage anybody listening out there, if you were a fight card guy and you collected data and you have data to share, um, to get to get a hold of Steve, and then and then maybe you know they could add that stuff to the site. You know why not, right? Like you said, make it a, absolutely a collaborative effort, right? If you have whatever it may be, um, you know I I think anything helps, right? As long as anything anything being saved is a is is good, I would think. 
Absolutely, yeah, you're right. Any any old data that you might have, especially if, like you mentioned earlier about people who were former, um, you know, uh, people who were formerly on DropYourGloves.com, you know, the people who helped build that data site up, you know, any of those people that, you know, have still have their information, you know, and or, or still want to contribute, you know, of course, you know, bring that on. I've already had people send me um, fight card information for individual teams, you know, that they follow, that they're fans of, and, you know, it's it's really cool, like, seeing, you know, people kind of get behind it, like, oh, here you go. I just I just sent you an email with a whole bunch of stuff downloaded, and, you know, this is stuff that will all be eventually added to the database, you know. You know, I, I don't want to get too far out of myself. It's going to be, like you said, it's going to be baby steps. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting for that email to roll through, you know, from Brian saying, hey, Steve, I think this is this is it. I think we're ready, you know, and, and then we just make it happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, while here, I'm just, you know, here, breaking news, folks, as Steve was talking, I get a text message from Alec over at the Fire for Fighting. And, of course, uh, as listeners will know, I was, well, before you and I got going, at the, at the beginning of this show, I was talking about how the East Coast League had sent Alec a copyright strike for his video because he had been posting East Coast League fights from this year and last year. Well, guess what, folks? His YouTube page is gone. They shut it down, and uh, so the East Coast League Hockey, the East Coast Hockey League won, I guess. They don't want anybody to see anything, so there is another uh, YouTube channel gone. 500 videos erased from existence, and uh, so more history gone. And uh, yeah. maybe it was current history, but nonetheless, it was, uh, it was video that no one will get to see now. So you're, you're right, and it's like, like even though... You know, Alex posting like the stuff, you know, the current ECHL stuff. It, you know, like you said, you know, with that, you know, with that channel being gone, no one's going to be able to view that. No one five years from now is going to be able to view that. Ten years from now, you know what yeah. I mean? They're not going to be able to say, "Hey, you know, I want to see, uh, you know, who this guy in the Everglades was fighting on this day." You know, like they're not going to be able to see that now. You know, and I, I think that's absolutely fucking brutal. You know, to see that. You know, this is one of their biggest fans yeah. doing this promoting the league like this and then the league turns around no fuck you get out of here this is ours bye you know that's brutal i can't believe it and alex deserves way more than that i even told him i'm like that league doesn't deserve him if they're gonna fucking treat him like that i find that brutal i'm actually getting kind of mad just talking about it you know i just can't believe it again because similar thing happened on my channel went down you know just it's just i don't like like you said i don't understand it but until we somehow figure out a way of getting away from YouTube, you know, or, you know, and it, it might even be something even more drastic than that, you know, but, but I really feel for Alec, that's terrible, you know, and I know Alec, it, I know he might just, you know, be kind of like being a soldier about it, but that, that, that stings, you know what I mean? He's, he is a legit fan, a big fan. And for that to happen, I, I just find that to be brutal, you know what I mean? Just absolutely brutal. Yeah, well, and like you said, I mean, I mean, everybody online was talking about it when he mentioned it a couple of days ago, and and uh, and and it's true. And like he said, he he is not making his, his channel wasn't monetized. He wasn't making any money off of them. In fact, he's spending money. He bought their package to do this, yeah. whatever the subscription was for the year. I said, at, if anything, he has made fans of the league that have gone. He's had people tell him, well, I want to see this Anthony Collins guy, so I'm going to go to the game tonight. He's he's created customers for the East Coast Hockey League. And I, I said, and they're the only league that does this. 
Every other league will allow you to have stuff up. The, the NHL of all leagues doesn't care. Like they have, they, you know, there's tons of fights online of every league except the East Coast League. And I don't know what the East Coast Hockey League's deal is. I have no idea what the, what the point. I, like, oh, he's had, pl- the players are mad. Because they, because that's the thing. East Coast, it's not like hockeyfights.com is putting East Coast League fights up. They can't even do it. That footage yeah. is nowhere. And like the players, when they, Alec was interviewing, they're like, well, I'd go to your channel and watch Travis Howe's fight because I know I'm fighting him next week. And you know, these guys would use it as a tool. Well, they got nothing now. So it's like, yeah. I know the players were pissed when Alec told them and, and the parents, players, the, or the parents of the players were mad or their friends. Like their buddies back home want to see their friend fight. They can't now. And it's just like, for what? What? Like, You're what? Right. It, oh, I know. I mean, it's a rhetorical. Like, I'm just, what, what? There's no answer. I, there, to me, there is no reasonable explanation the East Coast Hockey League can give me that would make sense of why they would cancel that channel. It makes zero sense. You have no reason. No, you're to. right. It's rid- it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, you're right. That's I. I just find it. I'm, it's funny because Alec is the, is the person who helped kind of get me into the ECHL game and and, and yeah. check out their fights more and and collect the DVDs as well. You know, I'm a collector. You know, I'm like, oh, you know this this East Coast Hockey League. You know, they got some scrappers in that league. You know, so I started, and a lot of it was based on what Alec was saying. Like, this is a guy that's turning other people onto your leagues, your sport, you know what I mean, your teams. And then doing dirty like that, you got to be, I mean, it's brutal. And it's funny because I have a, a buddy of mine that, that I grew up with, and his son plays in the ECHL, and I follow him. He occasionally scraps. You know, every once in a blue moon, he'll have a fight, you know, and it's, it's funny. I'd find him on Alex's channel. His name is Cameron Askew. He's with the Maine Mariners. And uh, I, it's it's funny. We've been following his career ever since he was with the Co- Quebec Junior League. And um, when he went, landed in the ECHL, I knew he was in good hands because Alec posts the fights. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was I was like always knew that I would see him through Alec, and I did. And now like now it's gone. Like, you know what I mean? It's brutal. So this is like hits home for me too because even though I'm not like a diehard ECHL guy, I my you know my I. My buddy I grew up with, his son's in that league. You know, I follow, I, I follow that league, not like I would follow, like, you know, when I was growing up, a kid following, like, the Bruins when I was a kid. But, you know, I was very much interested in this league, and a lot of it had to, had to do with Alec. And I can't believe that those, they would do him like this. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I like I said, there is no, there is no, because it's not like, oh, East Coast League has their own fight channel. And it's not like, oh, they're competing. This isn't fucking Pepsi exactly. and Coke. Like, it's like, no, you have no outlet. The team sometimes will post fights, but not very often. But like I said, when when no other league is doing this, I, I like, again, I don't know what their issue is. And, I mean, we can go around and around and whatever. But, yeah, yeah I feel bad for Alec, the amount of time that he put in. Um you know, I, I, well, I told, I, I told him the other day, we were kind of talking about it. We were kind of getting ready for like, yeah, yeah, they're going to kill your channel, man. But I, I'm, I'm hoping, I said, you might have to go old school and just make DVDs. And I think that's what he's going to do, but. Um, do it. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but at, in the, at the meantime, that, you know, that doesn't help most people. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, so it's just, but there you go in, in, you know, live and in color, 
as we're talking, we, we watched history get erased right as we were talking. I, I, yeah, it's funny. My phone lit up out of the corner of my eye while you were talking. And I kind of quickly looked at it and all Alec put was it's gone. And Jeez. so I was just like, well, there we go. Right live on the air. Um, oh, there, it thinks I'm probably talking about him. It just rang again. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so as we were saying earlier with hockeyfights.com erasing their message boards with fried chicken going away, um, yeah, history is being erased. And like I said, from, for most hockey fans, I'm sure they don't give two shits in a holler. They don't care. But for the, the small percentage of us diehard hockey fight fans, like legitimate hockey fight fans, not ones that just claim they are and then post cat videos. Um, but like, <laughs> legitimately are. And, uh, you know, that could actually name you a fighter before 2006. Um, I, I think you're, I think this website's going to be really cool. And uh, like you, like we've often said, it's going to be if you're the fight fan, this is mecca for you, right? And uh, and I think and it's going to be run by fight fans. Don't worry, folks, you're not going to wake up one morning and and Steve will turn the lights on and left town and not said anything to anyone. That's never going to happen. It's going to be run by a fight fan and owned by fight fans. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to this and and to be um, and I'm hoping a lot of people I think get a get involved and become like builders and you know no matter how maybe insignificant you think maybe your contribution might be at the end of the day it's a contribution and i think uh, absolutely yeah and if we can all get together and do it like you said it's going to be baby steps and at the start yeah there's going to be lots of holes and lots of things missing and it's not as good as drop your gloves was well yeah no doubt (laughs) but maybe instead of just trolling and flapping your lips if everybody, you know, as they always say, more hands makes less work, right? So if we can get more more people involved and more people adding data, well, we can quickly get catching catching up to what Drop Your Gloves was. And uh, but uh, and I will say, and I said I'm old school, but I really like the message forms idea. I know it's archaic and whatever, but I dig I dig the fact it's going to have a message board. Yeah, I mean, it's like I like I said, it's not going to be like um, you know, uh, like the old uh, fights.com or uh, you know, fried chickens or anything like that. But we're going to definitely have something. Yeah, like in terms of that, like, is it just going to be like the old school kind of just like a running thread, or are you going to have different uh, have different categories? You know, like NHL minors, junior. Is it going to have any sections like that? It actually was when we first talked about it. That's that's kind of how we, we broke it down. I mean, he asked me, he's like, well, what sort of categories would you would you think? And I just thought of just sort of basic, you know, old school fights, you know, current, you know, fights if there are any, um, and, and 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 a few other things. You know, I I'm not exactly sure. I have it written down. Um, of the emails, the there's probably about maybe seven or eight, maybe uh, sub forums. I guess, you know, we I had sort of put in, I sent over to Brian. I'm not sure exactly how how much of it will, you know, be uh, make it to the final product, you know, but I guess, you know, we'll see. And, um, you know, Brian was really easy to, to work with, you know, made it sound like this, you know, wasn't going to be like a, a huge issue, you know, so I'm hoping that everything got in there. So it'll be, hopefully it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, no, and I mean, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And like I said, I'm just... Uh... I'm looking forward to the whole thing, but, uh, uh, well, uh, I guess at this point, I, like you said, there isn't really much more to, to say. I mean, that's kind of where we're, where, where we sit with the site and, uh, and what's going on. And I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show and, uh, 
you know, kind of, uh, you know, letting everybody know what's happening and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, Darren, thanks for having me on. And, you know, thanks for doing what you're doing. Um, and just, you know, sort of, uh, you know, keeping that light on, you know, for a hockey fight, so whether it's, you know, in junior leagues or minor leagues or, you know, the NHL level, um, you know, I love what you do with your podcast and just sort of like kind of keeping this thing alive, you know, and, um, and sort of also shedding the light on, on the fans, you know, people like myself who are just, you know, fight fans and, you know, whatever fight geeks or fight nerds, whatever you want to call us, you know, but, you know, I really appreciate that, man. So th- and thank you. Keep doing what you do, man. No, absolutely. And it's, uh, yeah. And like I said, it was, uh, and when I started this podcast, I mean, the drop your glove site was a major tool to use when interviewing a player, obviously. Right. So, um, when that went away, that hit hard. Right. And I, it really right. felt, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of get that back and, uh, you know, and, and get, get that back going. Cause it, you know, cause on a selfish level, it makes my podcasting a lot easier too, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but hey, man, before we go, uh, you know, obviously this is the tail end of episode 255. I've done a whole episode, and uh, uh, I'm adding this at the end. But uh, I've been doing, the last couple episodes, I've been doing like a player spotlight. And I've, kind of, and I've kind of picked a guy that would, maybe an under-the-radar guy. Like, it wasn't like, oh, player spotlight, uh, you know, Bob Probert. Like, I mean, what are you going to say, right? I mean, it's all been said. But, um, yeah, I kind of just, I've done like Chris Murray. Um, you know, stuff like that. But today's, uh, one was Paul Cruz, the cruise missile. And, oh, um, yeah, love cruiser. Oh yeah. And, um, and like I said, I was, uh, and I would, for the folks I was saying, like, I, I just basically went to YouTube. So I said the people, when I talk about a fight, you can go to YouTube and actually look it up and, uh, and, and uh, and follow along with what I'm talking about with the different guys that he fought. But, uh, yeah, it. Um, I I I think I was. Uh, I knew you were a fan of Cruz, so I just wanted to throw that out. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. It. Um, I said it's interesting. I said when you watch all these fights over the years, and they all it all sort of runs together to, for me after a while. Like I said, I had seen those Cruz fights, but you kind of forget them. Like you know, yeah. until you go down the until you get refreshed on YouTube. He was in some bangers, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and for like a. He kind of came in almost like a like a light heavyweight. I'm, I don't know if people were big on the weight classes, you know, but I, I love when he came in, fought very open, a lot of great exchanges, you know, in his fights. You know, I, I loved him right from the get-go, right when he first came up with that, you know, wild red hair all over the place, you know, and, and then just, you know, swinging toe-to-toe, you know, uh, style fights. Excellent bounce. I think someone just posted one recently of him against Cam Russell. My God. Yep. The amount of punches in that one. Um, Davis, I'm telling you, I love Cruiser. What a, a somewhat, like you said, a little, like, it kind of goes under the radar, you know, when you talk about that era, you're always talking about the big guns of, the, of that time, but you, you had to have guys like your Cruisers and your Chases around, you know, to, you know, to kind of like, you know, help beef up the lineup. And those guys could swing, man. I love Cruz. Yeah, you know, like I, I mentioned that when I was talking about it in the thing, right? He was always kind of a solid number two. No disrespect to him, but, you know, he was Robin. There was always a Batman. But it was like, you know, you know, hey, Robin caught the Joker a couple times too, you know. So it's like not knocking him, but it was like, uh, you know, but he did go up against some big guys. But, you know, most of his fights that I kind of reviewed were, you know, like the Scott Thornton, Quintal, the Cam Russell fight, you know, Marchman, Buckberger, guys like that. And, uh, yeah, tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I thought I lost you. 
Yeah, well, I lost you a little bit there. I gotta. I think I hit the mute button all by accident. But uh, but yeah, no, I was just saying. Yeah, like his fights, like were just tremendous. Those ones. Oh yeah, definitely a, a total uh, warrior from uh, the moment his first fight broke in uh, with Calgary. Just so many toe to fights, and not only that too, but you know he had a bit of a shadow too uh, when he was first coming in. Coming in, you know, when you have a guy like Sandy McCarthy on the squad, you know, and uh, he's doing his thing, and Cruz is doing his thing, you know. Um, you know, great, great battler. Um, love those light heavyweights. No, absolutely. You know, and then he goes over to Buffalo and he's got, you know, he's with Ray and shit like that. So, yeah, and like, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was, he was a lot of fun going down that Cruz rabbit hole today. So, no, I just wanted to throw that out there because I knew you'd appreciate the Paul Cruz. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, I won't, I won't keep you any longer. I know it was on short notice and, and everything, but, uh, thank you again for coming on. And, uh, I, I'm going to have you on here, like I said, the next couple of weeks because I want to talk about some of these newspaper clippings you've been putting up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. I love coming on. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. All right, man. You have a good one. You too. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?